Welcome back, Ranch Nation. Your favorite car talk. Right here from the East Valley Institute of Technology. We got an amazing show lined up for you right here. But first, let the trumpet roll. You know how we do. We love to bring you a little bit of excitement from some eclectic array of uh, good music. And that's what it's about. I know that you are hanging in your ride right now. You can pop this song. Bring, bring this song up. This is the Budos Band, people. That's excitement in the air. I want you guys to catch out the Budos Band. Uh, and we do welcome you guys back. And of course, a big shout out to our podcast familia. You guys have been hanging with us for quite some time every Sunday. So if you're just joining our show, you know, if you miss, miss, miss bits and pieces to the show, we play that up on Sundays at our iTunes and uh, any of your favorite podcast players that are out there, as well as a big shout out to Saturday, KFNX. We appreciate you hanging with us. I know some of you grab your orange juice and maybe get you coffee and say, time out. We got the Ranch Nation show. We got to just stop everything. I'm not cutting the grass right now. And as we do every week, we take you on a journey. And a journey that can be found. Head on over to WrenchNation.tv if you've missed past shows from NHRA. Fabulous. To some of the excellence hanging right here in our automotive industry. A way of great garage owners. In fact, we had uh, Wally Cleaver from Leave It to Beaver talking about his 50-year reunion. And you can catch all those shows on WrenchNation.tv. And for all my mechanical maniacs hanging with us, get on over to the site. Please sign up. we got a weekly newsletter, and you can find some great information. It's all about uh, education. With that said, we welcome my favorite, my lovely, Mrs. Susie Sockets. Welcome to the oh, show. Oh, what is up, Frankie? I'm glad to have you every week. Glad to be here every week, Frankie. Thanks for having me. It's therapy. It is therapy. And we hopefully have we have a few of you that agree. We've heard from you over on Ranch Nation Facebook. And you guys have reached out. Thank you. We appreciate you. And uh, we talked about garage conundrums. We talked about some of the things that uh, can happen. We tend to sway into the arena of imperfectional type situations. Now, we could be like a car talk show, tell you, ah, this is how you fix your car. But we really like to tell you about what's happening in the garage, in some of the real-world scenarios. With that said, girl, what's going on in the garage? Yeah, so we had a really good one today. We had a Hyundai come in, and the symptom was every time I fill my tank, it clicks like it's full, but then it starts foaming and then starts pill, uh, you know, pouring out. Oh, so it just regurgitates. It regurgitates, like, you know. I don't like It's like CPR. It is kind of like, like CPR, but you can't like put foaming. it back in. Yeah, oh. foaming at the mouth. I don't like foaming. No, 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 no. So we did our inspection, Frank, and it's a it's going to be a gas tank replacement. That sounds uh, like drama. It is kind of drama. Now, here's the good news. I want good news. The good news. This is Wednesday. People want good news. Come the on. The good news is 36,000 miles, Hyundai actually has, you know, that warranty that they've got for 100,000, but it's a recall. 
Oh, I like this. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, we as car owners, we always want to check out recalls for our vehicles. And you can find that on NHTSA.gov, which stands for the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Well, you got to love that because our government's working for us. That's it's right. telling us what is happening. They're on our side. And I think it's a serious point, people, uh, especially if you're new in a relationship with a garage or a dealer. You may not know. They may not tell you. Hmm. Uh, you hope they would tell you. But the fact is a good garage is going to be armed up and ready to tell you about recalls. And so before you go into a garage, Research your car. You can put the VIN number. NHTSA is the great uh, arm of our government that uh, keeps us safe. Uh, and you'll find your recalls there. I, th- I think that's a win for the consumer. It is a win. And that was the phone call I made right before getting to the studio today. Did you feel like a hero? I did. Look I at had us. a cape and everything I'm on. saying mechanics can be your hero. Hashtag hero mechanics. That's a new one. <laughs> now, I don't know if this story out of Miami, Miami's a pretty fast and furious kind of place. You got luxury in Miami. You got beaches. You got fancy cars. Well, Miami's building their first flying car, Skyport. A flying car? Sky, I mean, the Jetsons are here, people. Yeah. Now, this is a luxury. They're waiting. We know that flying cars are kind of not, we've heard about it. I think Dubai is uh, Ehang, yeah. Ehang uh, 184. Yeah. I think it's a little sticky right now, but they are building these luxury condo buildings, 60 story, the Paramount out there in Miami World Center. They're building the first kind of dedicated flying car landing space little thingy. Oh, my. And uh, they're excited about that. So if you've got the millions, they're going to be some Jetsons. I think it's a pro yeah. pro. <laughs> You you remember the show? That's a great show. And all my little youngsters, the con, uh, you know, my little uh, generation Zers. I know you know the song. Some of you've seen it. It's probably been remixed by an artist. George, George would be proud right yes, now. Yes, he would be. He would be on the 60th floor. Elroy. Elroy would be yeah. extremely excited. <laughs> and Dad, what are we driving today? Well, we're not driving, son. We're flying. We're flying. All right, let's get Jetson. I mean, I mean, that's... Uh, so, would it be safe to say that... Uh, I mean, we've heard the stories. A lot of sizzle out there about flying cars. Yeah. Drones. Yeah. So, if you're in Miami, you need to look at your little personal little pad. <laughs> if that flying car happens, uh, that's going to happen. Now, now, that flying car takes a lot of technology. That that's does. for sure. I don't think we're ready. We're not networked. We're not... We don't have infrastructure to be safe for these things. It'll be fun to say, I'm going to fly to your house, Frank. Yeah, I know, but I want to say something about technology. Many of you are asking us, what the hell are we talking about this week? Well, think about it. I'll tell you what's now happening right now in your car, the modern day car, certainly the last three to five years car, and that is sophisticated data that you can't see. Now, you want stuff to work. You want all these advancements in security and safety to work, and they are working wonderfully, quietly in the background. Cyber security, vehicle data. Now, some of you driving don't want to hear about it. You, know, you plug your phone in, it charges. Some of your cars have Wi-Fi set up. Well, how easy is it to actually infiltrate? I'm dastardly. I want to get in your vehicle and take control. That's scary. Now, back in 2017, real story, man. This is not hashtag fake news. 
that Jeep got taken over by some uh, cyber hackers, these hackers. But it was intentional, right? It was intentional. And I want to cover some ground on today's show about how realistic is it? Where are we going with the future with this? What data is living in your vehicle that could be hijacked? And what is our government doing? I'm sure they're doing a lot. I don't think they're just standing by eating popcorn, that's for sure. So we want to cover cybersecurity as it relates to your vehicle. How is it possible that your vehicle could be hijacked? And then I thought, you know, I'm going to serve you people some mechanical dessert here on the show. We also might as well dive into the privacy concerns. Your vehicle has data. Lots of data about you, driving habits, maybe your phone book, all your information. Do you own this data? That's a good question. Who owns this data? Now, you own the car. Who owns this data? So we're going to dive into this, and we are honored to have an authority, Bob Redding, Washington, D.C. representative of the Automotive Service Association. Mr. Bob Redding is going to join us. We're going to dive into cyber vehicle security bolt-on technologies automotive software solutions auto repair shops that have bolt-on technology software provide customer vehicle condition reports including photos and text real-time digital reports multi-point inspections estimates and repair information at your fingertips info at boltontechnology.com Lee Weatherby's Accurate Automotive is a local, family-owned, award-winning auto repair shop in Mesa, serving Arizona drivers since 1992. ASE-certified technicians, modern repair facility, and digital reports on every service. In Mesa on Robson Road, just south of Broadway, between Country Club and Center. 480-890-0409, AccurateAutomotiveAZ.com, or Accurate Automotive AZ on Facebook. Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Remember to get over to uh, WrenchNation.tv uh, if you miss past shows. But this show, we wanted to dive into something serious. Uh, many of you have seen the news reports, and and uh, it's alarming, actually. I mean, it's, it's frightening. I mean, it, your computer's taking over your laptop, your desktop. It's, a, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty scary. Susie, you ever have your computer taken over? Absolutely, I have. And what's your thought? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of uh, invading. You know, it's your yeah. it's it's very it's a weird feeling. It's the same thing behind the wheel of your ride. You know, as a society, we are truly connected to data and information. There's no doubt. Uh, in some occasions, this connectivity can leave us open to the risk of a cybersecurity nightmare. Can our vehicles pose a very very same risk of a computer being taken over as we traditionally know? I say same thing. I think there's 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 stuff out there that would suggest that's the case. And to help us sort it out, uh, we have the lobbyist uh, automotive service associations, Mr. Bob Redding out of Washington D.C. Bob, welcome to the show. Frank, thanks for having me. Uh, look forward to visiting with you and Susie. I, I have to tell you, you really shocked me in the opening of your show. <laughs> when you, I couldn't believe it when you you said you had Wally from Leave It the Beaver on your show. I well, know him as a kid in a gunfight at the Six Gun Territory in wow. Florida. Well, I mean that's impressive. We just never know who's going to stop by <laughs> a Rich Nation show. But I got to well, tell you, you had me there. Yeah, and 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 uh, 
he's an amazing guy. In fact, we just did a thing at Murphy Auto Museum. He was in-house. There was a launch of an art gallery. But we were going to dive into this because there are people listening right now. We, we probably kept them listening through the break. They heard cybersecurity. Most people have sort of danced a little bit with, uh, you know, hacking of their laptop or some spam. What is the nature of today's vehicle, Bob, regarding cyber attacks? How real is this? Well, it's real. You had mentioned earlier about the uh, hacking incident uh, through the diagnostic port devices with the Jeep, uh, 2016. And uh, Congress reacted to that by saying, NHTSA, fix this. How are you fixing this? Uh, But not a lot of work put into it. Exchange of letters, uh, automakers, they're on one side, security, 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 uh, the aftermarket, repairs, technicians, we want security, but we have to be able to repair these vehicles. So no real clear message, and most importantly, Frank, no solution. Yeah. So everybody recognizes it's a big problem, but to date, we don't have a real solution. Yeah, no doubt. And I want to reset. For some of you listening, you may drive an older vehicle and say, well, I don't have to worry about that. You know, I still have a CD player, and I don't do the Wi-Fi, or I don't have the remote key, the push-start button, start of my vehicle. I want you guys to be aware of something. The Advanced Driver Assistance Systems, ADAS, that's language you need to know. Even as a consumer, these are electronic systems that aid in your driving. So if you've got, let's say, a 2015 Ford Explorer and you're driving and you you kind of shift into another lane, the light comes on in the mirror, and in some vehicle platforms it has corrective measures and... This adaptive cruise control, you set that. It's cruise control on steroids, people. You put the cruise control, it will break automatically based upon the distance. So with all that technology, there is potential. Your vehicle could be an open source for malice. And that's what we're talking about. Bob, I know that government is, you know, there's a lot of stakeholders and and government can be slow moving, although respectfully, it has to be done in a methodic fashion. At this point in time, you're saying that we're trying to iron out a viable solution. And would we potentially see something in the next few years, possibly? Is that hard to answer? Uh, No, I think we will. It's moving too slow. Uh, I think in 2016, uh, NHTSA, you mentioned earlier, National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, put out a, a set of best practices for vehicle cybersecurity. Best practices, not law. So we still have, uh, you know, uh, uh, not picking on you here, but a Wild West show relative to uh, cybersecurity and vehicles. Uh, the, the rules are wide open. There are no federal guidelines. There are guidelines, but not laws. So it's kind of left up to the states to address this. So in theory, you could have a 50-state patchwork of laws and regulations guarding these kind of issues. Frank, you see it right now in what's happened in California with the California Privacy Act, Consumer Privacy Act. That will go into effect in January of 2020. Can you imagine 50 state, different state laws on cybersecurity for vehicles? I could imagine. I mean, what I'm thinking about is as a small business, well, a medium-sized business for that matter, if we have multi-locations, there are now all these separate jurisdictions. It, it gets a little complicated. We need to keep it simple, for sure. Yes, absolutely. 
uh, hearings after hearings last year in Congress, uh, this year already, numerous House and Senate hearings on cybersecurity and privacy. Uh, there's agreement, uh, general agreement, from both parties. These are bipartisan issues. The consumer has to be protected. But what about the collateral damage? How do you protect the consumer, the, the, the data, the privacy rights of the consumer, yet allow their vehicle to be repaired? Yeah, no doubt. And a lot of you are asking yourself, what do you mean data? My car has, I mean, I get that I have a phone book, but what kind of data? Well, there are all kinds of sources of data from GPS, where you're going. Is that correct, Bob? The GPS is tracking where we're going. Absolutely. 87% of all new vehicles by 2022, 2022, 87% will have some type of uh, car data, telematics, Three out of four consumers don't even know what we're talking about. Yeah. Well, let's regroup. I, w- I want to make sure we don't lose anybody. Telematics, think of uh, OnStar. Many of you heard of the OnStar. You know, you push the button and somebody remotely can help you with your car. That telematics is, is sort of long-distance communication. Your car can remotely communicate, and that's what that's about in essence, right? So yes. uh, essentially your car has evolved into sort of this rolling smartphone, if you will, although a lot more technology under that hood, mechanically, electrically, uh, electronically, right? So the data, well, let me get to this. There are people listening right now. How can they voice their concern about the potential that they may have others looking at data? Is there any body as far as government agency that they uh, can sort of write to or is there anything they can do as a consumer? Yes. Uh, as a consumer, you certainly have uh, NHTSA's website. You can go and make comments. They have uh, places there to comment. Uh, uh, certainly with uh, members of Congress, particularly members of Congress that uh, are easy to find on uh, congress.gov, and uh, they can find their member of Congress and send a message uh, and, and voice concern. Yeah, no doubt. But, but there are other other places. Uh, the Federal Trade Commission has really gotten in the weeds on uh, data, and uh, they have a, a process for collecting information about uh, repair and manufacturer and information sharing and data access. And uh, they can consumers or repairs technicians can go to the Federal Trade Commission's website and submit comments. Uh, in this area through uh, September 19th, excuse me, September 16th of this year at ftc.gov. Uh, so that's a that's another place to go. Yeah, and for all my shop owners out there, we got a lot of mechanics and uh, shop owners that listen to the podcast. You know, a lot of you, and I get it, we're all busy, right? You know, running a small business in a garage is busy. But man, now's the time. If, if you thought, oh, I don't have to worry about this, I invite you to get on to asaaz.org. Uh, take action. Uh, listen, become a part of an association. You, you need to, and we're not saying that you need to be on the steps of, uh, you know, the halls of Congress every day. What You just got to pay attention and your voice is important. I want to address something as a tip for those of you listening. Very valuable tip regarding the data and the privacy to your vehicle. Many of us don't think about this. One of the things that you can do is ask your wireless carrier, what is your privacy policy? You know, as you're pairing up your phone, there's business going on. It happens, it does it, it works. 
what is the privacy policy regarding that? I think that is key. Susie, you had a question. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of off the wall, but I would think that when with the feature of OnStar, that could be a life-saving measure, right? And maybe even insurance companies might say, hey, you get a discount for having that feature. Do you think that insurance companies could charge more for the vulnerability also of newer vehicles coming out? Well, Bob, I'll have you lead on that, and I'll, I'll compliment you. Yeah. Uh, sure, uh, yes, to answer this question. Certainly they could, but Susie, what's important here to note, insurers are concerned about uh, data access, too. They want to protect the consumer. They want to know what's going on. Uh, you know, if there is a, a significant issue, accident, or, uh, or other issue. But important to insurers is access to data just like repairs, sometimes different data. But uh, there are a lot of, with regard to a vehicle, there are a lot of industries that are involved in the process. With the automotive aftermarket, including parts manufacturers, suppliers, uh, repairs, to insurance companies and others. So this is, this is a big issue. I think this part is really important. This is all very complex. What we've skipped a step here in policy state policymakers, federal policymakers. We've skipped a step, and that step is uh, forming a stakeholder group of consumers and repairers and technicians and auto manufacturers and dealers and insurers, all those with skin in the game, to sit around a table with federal government policymakers and discuss how they fit in, in this chain of events, what's important. Uh, we tried that in the last Congress, and it failed in the U.S. Senate, never made it to the floor for a vote. So now we're down to making laws that might have collateral damage, and that's the risk. Mm-hmm. If you're just joining us, uh, we've got Mr. Bob Redding, uh, Automotive Service Association, Washington, D.C. representative. I want you guys to stay tuned. We're going to cut to break. We're going to dive in a little bit more into the vehicle technology, this cybersecurity element, and as well as an ongoing conversation about how important it is, this privacy movement. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me, my clients, and they're likely not to come back? Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Hey, Gilbert friends, when we talk about car repair, car care, getting all of your stuff done on your car, excellence, integrity, workmanship, those are large words. Well, I got to tell you, a little place on Cooper and Warner in Gilbert, the car shop, you've got to meet Chris Baldrin, the car shop. He is absolutely on top of his game. He's a certified technician, has a certified set of mechanics working for you day in and day out there at the car shop. So if you're out in Gilbert, Warner, and Cooper, you've got to visit Chris Baldrin at the car shop. Friendly, knowledgeable, eager to take care of you with no funny business. So reach out to the car shop, 480-855-8000, The Car Shop, Warner off of Cooper. 
Welcome back, Wrench Nation. Uh, we always appreciate hanging with you guys. Remember to get on the Wrench Nation Facebook uh, if you've got any car concerns. You know, we try to cover car tips, but more importantly, we want to share the stories. Uh, there's many, many great topics out there, and we hope that uh, this is both educational, a little bit of fun, a little bit of journey, whereas uh, our guest, Bob Redding, has stated the Wild West of Wrench Nation. <laughs> Welcome back, Bob Redding. <laughs> Good to be back. Yeah, so I, I want to just clarify. You know, we are talking cybersecurity as it relates to vehicles. We're talking about the data. Uh, there's an abundant amount of data that your vehicle is managing. Uh, a lot of it is uh, private data, they, you know, whether it's your phone book or GPS tracking. As we stated, you know, uh, through insurance companies, they love to know how you're driving and hey, that can be beneficial. But I want folks to, I just want to clarify, I want to establish what owners have that data can be shared successfully with a third party. Number one, and we've got to put this number one, that is the automotive technician. That means I don't want you people listening to say, oh gosh, where the, my data, who's going who's to be able to handle my data? The fact is, currently... The automotive technician has access to your data to fix your car properly. No guesswork, pinpoint testing. Now, what we are saying, because things are up in the air, they are up in the air. There are stakeholders at play trying to figure this out, come up with a happy solution. What an automotive technician, your local mechanic, doesn't want to happen is, well, Miss Jones, we, we can't access your data because we're not allowed to access your data. Think about that for a minute. Think about your smartphone. Can you access the fix of your smartphone currently? Susie, do you fix your smartphone? I can't fix my smartphone. No, we can't. That's locked and loaded for that matter. It's in the, we can't touch it. Right. Should your vehicle, to the modern day automotive technician, experience the same type of dynamic? I want you to think about that. So that means, because this show is about action. That means you have a voice. Listen, get on a NHTSA, NHTSA.gov, pay attention to FTC. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, Frank, I don't like to pay attention to government agencies. I got kids. I got this. But this is the real deal. And if you are an automotive technician, get on a ESAAZ.org. Uh, Mr. Bob Redding, you've been in Washington, D.C. for many years uh, in fact, yeah. I, I just got a state, man. You are a champion for what is over 6,000 automotive service centers, both on the body shop collision side and the mechanical side, the repairs. People need to understand that. Uh, and I do want to thank you. I want to air that out. Thank you, because you're tirelessly championing the cause here. Well, thank you. Well, uh, you, you mentioned something, uh, fr Frank, I think is really important here about collision shops. We think in terms a lot, many years now, for decades, about service information. We think about mechanical repair shops, mechanical uh, repair technicians. Collision shops see these vehicles the first. Collision repairs get that car pulled into a dealership by a large truck, unloaded, and they knock the side mirror off. That vehicle ends up in a collision shop. So they're seeing these new technologies at the very beginning of the life of, of the vehicle as far as uh, access to uh, by the consumer. Traditionally, a lot of collision shops would send their hardest mechanical repairs to mechanical shops. Now we're seeing more and more of the collision shops keeping 
of professional mechanical technicians full-time on staff. That's very common. In addition, they're using scan tools, uh, whereas in the past, a lot of these things were uh, basically the car would go back to the independent repair. So it's, it's a big deal. It's evolved, most definitely. I mean, traditionally, most folks think of, well, I'm going to the body shop. They're going to paint. They're going to weld. Maybe they're going to fix a frame. But really, you're speaking on the technology piece, and it's interesting you you say about, I, I would never think that mirrors can yeah. pop off. I mean, transport carriers, you know, hauling 12, whatever, 15 cars, that's a common accident that can happen. And the body shops are seeing this. So as consumers, what can I ask a body shop, Bob, if I go in, and, and really, my mind, I'm busy. It, 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 many of our listeners, they just want insurance, they're going to take care of it. But as a consumer, what can I ask the body shop to ensure they get it right by way of the technical aspect of body work? Frank, that is an excellent question. It is an evolving question, a question that five years ago, ten years ago, the consumer did not have to ask. But today they do. And the question you have to ask is, are you going to scan my vehicle before the repair and after the repair? This is a critical question. A lot of insurance companies don't pay for scanning. Bob, I've got to interject just because I've got a lot of folks here. When you say scan, we're talking about diving into the vehicle data, correct? Correct. All right. And, And you're talking about scanning it before the work is done? Oh, yes. Okay. And, 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 and important to note here, you know, uh, I, my kids, for example, are millennials. I, I tell them to watch the, the lights on their car, but it doesn't tell you everything. As you know much better than I do, Frank, the, uh, there are, there's a lot going on with the vehicle that has nothing to do with the dashboard. Uh, the scan, a deep dive into the data, allows that mechanical or collision repair to determine what's really going on with the car, things that we don't see. And, and, and candidly, uh, a great fear for anyone's had a family member in an accident is, will the airbag, is there a problem with the airbag? Is this something I'm not seeing? But scanning that vehicle will provide a lot of information. Is just one more avenue to help protect the vehicle owner. Yeah, so in the past it was, you know, hey, can you get the paint right? I mean, <laughs> that was about, hey, I got fish eyes in that paint. I need to take it back. So that's a very good point. So if you're tuning in, it is important, respectfully, to your local collision repair shop. Hey, guys, make are you going to pre-scan? Because data is key. I want folks to think data. That means there's a reduced risk of a comeback. There's a reduced risk of sort of insurance hootenannies. Let's just face it, people. Uh, the back and forth. Well, they said they'd cover this, and then they didn't cover this. If you are not in the right hands by way of technology in the collision space, this could be a problem. And I think, really, Bob, that you're really covering that. Yes, that is a that's a huge issue, and actually, that's the number one issue of collision repairs. As members of ASA, that's the number one issue. They want state laws that say insurers should reimburse repairs if they scan a vehicle. Pre and post scans. So you're saying right now, uh, I'm a collision shop, and I'm not te- technically, I'm not getting paid to in, to do these scans. Depends on the insurance company, but in many cases, that's correct. Wow. Okay. But the the good collision shop's going to have to do it. They have to do protocol. They've yes. they've got to fix it right. But there may be areas where they're not getting paid to do that. I see. Yes, and there has been recent litigation on this issue by 
uh, vehicle owners that were hurt in accidents, and many of our collision shops will say up front, you know, we're going to do the pre and post scan, uh, and and hopefully the insurer will pay, but we're not comfortable not scanning that vehicle. Yeah, very important. Now, again, I remind you, um, if you're a driver and you don't want to get into the industry lingo talk, we get that. I remind you, though, as a driver, you have your owner's manual. That's your right-hand man or woman, for that matter. You need to add to that list, NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A dot gov. This is your source if there's a question mark, because you may not get the straight answer from somebody. And as far as what's happening in the arena of cybersecurity, uh, what's happening with uh, vehicle data as it relates to your privacy, those are great sources. And all of my uh, technicians, automotive technicians and mechanics, you're out there. You listen to the show. We know we've heard from you. You need to be part of a movement. Now, I invite you to get on ASAAZ.org, become an association member. Your voice is important. This is critical. Uh, Bob, I want to switch gears real quick. Uh, Many folks have seen the news reports. Uh, Quite frankly, they're sexy. Autonomous vehicles. Well, I don't have to drive my vehicle anymore. How serious are autonomous vehicles in terms of coming to the marketplace? Are are we going to be driving? I mean, are we going to be able to sleep in our cars in the next couple of years? How far away is this reality? Yes, but we need to catch a breath. Uh, I've heard several uh, different uh, years, uh, the out years. Uh, 2025, I believe, is the one that NHTSA uses the most when we'll see this technology. But there's a lot of interest. And uh, what was surprising in the last Congress, uh, disability groups uh, spoke in favor of getting these vehicles deployed as soon as possible. But I want to go back to something, Frank, we talked about earlier. we live in fear of autonomous vehicle research and deployment laws. Research and deployment laws don't exist at the federal level. We're totally reliant on how states are regulating these, the research and deployment of these vehicles on our nation's highways, and, and that's a mistake. Uh, again, you don't want 50 state laws on what types of vehicles can be in play. So. The federal government is behind, lags behind, uh, where our technology is going. And uh, this is something that's uh, critically important. And yeah. if we're not careful, we're going to miss it and end up with a, a patchwork of state laws. That's, uh, that's not a good thing. Um, so, again, your voice, uh, either as a technician or a driver of a vehicle, pay attention to this. Uh, we did have, because uh, City of Chandler here, uh, suburb of Phoenix, uh, one of the leading communities for autonomous, uh, in fact, our city of Chandler, has codified the streets for autonomous. And it's interesting, Bob, that you had mentioned uh, those folks that can't get around, including our elderly population. Boy, oh boy, that's a win for sure for them, absolutely. There's a whole new world of opportunity uh, to be able to someday have an app or that service to be able to take them where they got to go. But it's got to be safe, and there has to be, as you said, Bob, an even keel to legislation so the mapping isn't uh, sort of convoluted is what I think. Yes, that's, that's exactly right. Yeah. Uh, that F-150 has 100 million lines of code. Now, people, you say 100 million. What is 100 million? Well, that's a big number. Give you perspective, that F-30, uh, what is that fighter jet, Susie, is F-35? F-35. Has 37 so million lines of code. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first space shuttle man had a half a million lines of code <laughs> up to the, 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 you know, the situation there. Your modern day vehicle 
100 million lines of code. So I want you to think, give this perspective, people. A free check engine light, probably not going to legitimately dive in and solve your problem. All right. And I know some of you reached out and you, you've kind of given me a little antagonism about that. But think about it a minute. Now, we know as uh, common sense, uh, what's free? Susie, what's free to you? Ah, uh, the air. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, when, we, <laughs> when we start, exactly. When we start talking about free, I put a question mark. So be careful. I want you to know that in the service bay, whether you're at the dealer or whether you're at a great aftermarket local community-minded garage, Boy, you talk about investment. Years ago, the investment would have been in that one-inch handgun. That was $600. Now we're talking $15,000, $30,000 to invest in uh, these communicative devices to be able to check that data stream and the, and the related software subscriptions to that to communicate with the vehicle. So take this whole, my check engine light is on with a grain of salt. Getting a free check engine light is risky business. I want to put that out there. Uh, so that both the consumer understands, uh, hey, you know what, there's more resolve if my x-ray is done properly to pinpoint test. And more importantly, I tell you what, to protect the modern day technician, they work very hard on the training for that. Bob, any last minute parting words? Where or what do you advise to the average driver regarding the data in their vehicle? Uh, Stay informed about these issues. Keep up with privacy uh, items. Uh, you know, from our perspective, we want an educated consumer. We have to take responsibility in helping them to understand their repair experience. The consumer should ask questions. Uh, and we as shop owners and technicians, we've got to do a, a better job of communicating that we must have a privacy system in our shops that protect pers- personal data but allow our technicians to repair vehicles. That's critical. So explaining consumers what measures the repair shop has uh, to protect data, uh, that we have certified technicians, we have longevity of staff, training, those kind of matters. Uh, That relationship needs to get closer between consumer, technician, and repair. Uh, An educated consumer works in our favor. Absolutely. Well said, and we appreciate your tireless efforts. Uh, uh, Gosh, your expertise working for the industry is absolutely we're all grateful for that. And uh, Bob Redding, uh, Washington, D.C. Representative, Automotive Service Association, thank you, thank you for joining our show. Thanks so much, Frank. Thanks, Susie. And You're welcome. being on the show. Oh, this is a wealth of yeah, information. Yeah, great job, Bob. I want you guys to stay tuned. I've got exciting news about uh, upcoming shows. we got worldwide guests coming from the Middle Down East, East, from Dubai. I want you to stay tuned next, Eight. Ranch Nation. Frank here with Wrench Nation. We appreciate you guys tuning in every week to the Wrench Nation Car Talk Show. But did you guys know I'm not basket weaving? I don't do roofing. I actually own Desert Car Care of Chandler. Boy, and I've got a great team down there. If you've got car repair or maintenance needs, I invite you to stop by my garage over a cup of coffee. Maybe you've got that large estimate and you're not sure where to go. Give me a call, 480-726-6400, Desert Car Care of Chandler. A lot of you got on to Facebook, and we appreciate that. We try to we try to stay active there on the situations of social media, Instagram. If you catch us there, hashtag Wrench Nation. If you, I want to just bring, put that out there. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big hashtagger. I guess Instagram you have to do this kind of situations, but 
Hashtag Wrench Nation. Any news story, any garage highlight. If you've got a garage you want to highlight or, you know, a mechanic, get on the Wrench, uh, Wrench Nation for Instagram. Now, I mentioned earlier uh, before the break that we have, well, we've had a few international guests, yeah. Susie. Yep, we have. We had uh, Luca Del Monte. Yes. Who is the autobiographer for Enzo, Enzo Ferrari. Ferrari. He called in from Italy. And I got to share with you, uh, we all know how, well, let's just face it, the Middle East in general for women to drive, they seem to have more rights behind a shopping cart than driving a car. Can we say that? <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I'll get some hate on that, but that's a fact that the sure. women are not driving liberally. Right. It's just not common. So in secret, what Wrench Nation Corporations of Research, we have been working on this for quite some time and we're excited to bring you. A female Palestinian uh, drift racer. That's going to be way cool. Oh, yeah. You can clap on that. We've got Noor Daoud coming on the show next Wednesday. I have a lot of questions for such. What comes to my mind is hero. Yeah, big time. I mean, you can be good on the track. I get that. But, man, the hero movement behind the courage as a woman, we see male domination here. We see it. Come on now. You yeah. know. But in the Middle East, forget it. You don't even bring it up. It's just what it is. So we're excited to have the Palestinian female drift racer uh, out of Dubai who's going to be hanging with us uh, next Wednesday. Wednesday. We're going to do a whole show, not only diving into uh, the phenomenon, the fascinating. I love drift racing. In fact, I'm hopeful to bring you guys some more gigs from the track at uh, – some drift race events and i'm not going to mention on the show who else we're working on in the drift race arena (laughs) hit hit they're not from the middle east but we are excited uh we kind of fall back and forth with this whole garage of the week we're trying to be consistent uh now what qualifies as garage of the week well i don't know some of your other shows out there there's criteria better business bureau approved good rating yeah check that off that's part of garage of the week certified technicians Yeah, check that (laughs) off. That's part of it. Answers, reviews, good or bad. Yeah, check that off. That's huge. All right, good reputation. We can keep going on and on. But I'm going to tell you what the difference is here with the Wrench Nation Garage of the Week. These folks need to be embedded by way of their community. Right on. Now, what does that mean? I mean, some of you may say, well, what do you mean by community? They're in the community, you fool. (laughs) No, man, I'm talking about... (laughs) They're Stallworths. It's that garage that gave away a car to somebody that needed a car, legitimately needed transportation. They lost their job. They don't have a car. They lost the car. Right. That's legitimate. That is. They do Girl Scout automotive maintenance badges. I like that. That's huge. Well, we're going to try to be consistent. You can yell at us because, you know, I mean, we're not a perfect radio show, but every week we want to bring you the Garage of the Week. In this week's Garage of the Week, I'd like to start off by reading a review, and then I'll tell you who's the Garage of the Week. And these reviews are just on Yelp. I'm not planning any of this. I don't like to, if you don't know by now, we're not a planned show. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, we plan our guests and topics, but here's the review. It happened over a week ago, but I needed a simple fix. The guys took care of me and sent me on my way. It was nice to encounter great customer support and honesty. 
They made no attempt to find problems with my vehicle. I think what she meant there, they weren't trying to upsell her. Because people can smell that. Sure. And we'll probably do a show on that. Like, am I being upsold or are they telling me really what I need? We probably should do a show on that. If not, there was a show, I don't know, 100 shows ago on RichNation.TV. Maybe you can check it out. I appreciate and would suggest anyone in the area looking for a mechanic, give them a try. A nice, wholesome Yelp review. And that is Interstate Auto Care. Interstate Auto Care. If you're in the Madison Heights outside of Detroit, now Detroit's made a comeback. I hear you. But, you know, going to a garage can be, you know, I hear you there. It could be spotty. Be like a bad record scratch or something. <laughs> You're looking at me like, what's Frank. he going to say? But I do want to give a shout out. Uh, Interstate Auto Care, Bill Nalu and his family. They will take care of you. They're out of uh, Madison Heights area. I think that's inside of 20 miles outside of Detroit. Give them a call if you're in the Detroit area. And Susie, do you have any parting words for the peoples of the Wrench Nation familia? You know, um, gosh, parting words. I um, What advice? I'm going to put you on the spot. Really? It doesn't have to be mechanical because it's a crazy lifestyle show that we got here. What advice do you give somebody that's getting ready to quit? Oh, my gosh. Getting ready to quit? Tony, I have- Mrs. Tony Robbins. Go ahead. <laughs> Tonya Robbins, go ahead. <laughs> getting ready to quit, I say, is not an option. Well, what do I do? How would you tell me? I would have to tell you... Um, you know what? It's it's worth sticking it out because I don't think you understand why you're quitting. What's your why? I like that. Is it just because you're mad at a situation? Is it is it are you not getting enough pay and have you communicated have you communicated with your superior as to why? Is somebody in a job situation? Stick a lot of our youngsters. Out. Yeah, a lot of our youngsters. There was this thing like uh what is it? Job ghosting or, yeah. or ghosting? Like I've never heard of this where you got hired on the job you showed up and just left in the middle of the day or yeah. something to that effect? Yeah. I don't know where this is going. But what I will say, <laughs> if you feel like giving up on your car because the car repairs can be a conundrum. Don't quit. I say don't quit. Go to the back tire. Get your strongest boot and kick the rubber on that tire. Take it out. It's Shake okay. Shake it off. Shake it's it off. It's all right. Well, hey, every week we enjoy hanging with you guys. And and, and big shout out to uh, our 90.7 Neon family. You guys mean the world. 88.7 for the Pulse. And, of course, uh, East Valley Institute of Technology. You guys are rock stars. And our KFNX family, uh, AM 1100. Get on a wrenchnation.tv, man. We, we got some shows out there. Some are good. Some may not be so good. But I think you'll find today some. Today was good. I think today was all right. Yeah. We, we dived into some cybersecurity. That's a hot button. Mm-hmm. I don't want nobody taking over my car. No way. I think I'm going old school. I'm going to get a stick. Nobody knows how to mess with a stick. That's it. And I'm going to have an 8-track. They won't want to steal my 8-track. They probably won't. I'm going old school. No more do Bluetooth, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. <laughs> I'm going old school. Anyway, you guys rock. We always appreciate you hanging. As I tell you every week, man, be safe, hug each other, and never forget to hug a mechanic.